thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. It is such a blessing to wake up and see another day. And we thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he's been so good, so kind, so merciful to all of us that we are alive on this fifth Sunday morning in the month of January in the year 2021. It's good to see you all this morning and I'm so grateful that you're spending time with us here at the Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church located in beautiful Northampton County, North Carolina. We're right up on the North Carolina-Virginia border. We're right outside, less than a mile outside of the, the wonderful town of Garysburg. Here at Roanoke-Salem, our motto is the end of your search for a friendly church. And we do our very best to live up to that motto I want to thank uh, the Lord this morning again, as always, for uh, Miss April Allen and Mr. Derek Buffalo, who are our AV team, and uh, my little granddaughter who's not with us this morning, Miss uh, Jasmine Smith, but we thank God for her when she's able to be with us. And certainly our musicians, um, Mr. Steve Smith and Mr. Um, Mr. Elijah Sharon and Mr. Marvin Bobby. Thank the Lord for the three of them as well. And Mr. Um, Ricky Majet, who's not with us on this morning. Ricky is not able to be here, but we're praying for Ricky and his family. And so we just ask you to get in the spirit of worship on this morning and uh, let the Lord have his way with you. We're going to have an opening selection now from our musicians and we'll continue on with service. Amen. Now come on, put your hands together. Oh, victory. 
It's a wonderful thing to know. It's, it's, it's a blessing. It's all the world to know that Jesus is my friend, and he's your friend too. And he's willing to be the friend of anybody who's willing to humble himself or herself and submit to the authority of the only Lord and Savior of this world, Jesus Christ. Um, I want us to please repeat together those Roanoke Salem members and others who are watching from other places, and you may know this by now, uh, our church mission, it is found in St. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 19 and 20. It says, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I want to welcome those of you who are watching this morning and thank you for making time and taking time in your morning schedules to uh, come in with us and worship with us here at Roanoke Salem again on this fifth Sunday morning in January 2021. Not only to our church family, thank you church family, those who are on the, uh, who are listening through our conference call number want to welcome you and say hello to you this morning and certainly those of you who may be uh, watching from other locations whether it be here in our local area the state of North Carolina some of you may be watching from various places across the, the nation but wherever you may be we're so glad and so grateful to have you be part of our worship service on this morning I uh, don't have any real uh, major announcements I just certainly want to continue to ask you to keep uh, Mr. Woodrow Harding Jr., Sonny, Deacon Sonny Harding, lifted in prayers. Uh, continue to pray for him. He is still recovering. He is still uh, in the process of the Lord healing him. And of course, we know that while God is using medical science, which belongs to the Lord, all that information, all that knowledge comes from God. God is certainly using medical science uh, to heal Sonny, but we also know that Lord, the Lord can and often heals supernaturally. We're not going to demand anything of the Lord. We're just simply asking him any way he wants to bless Sonny and others who are sick. You have family members and friends that you're concerned about who are sick physically. Some may be uh, experiencing some emotional trauma. We ask the Lord to touch and bless and heal them all in whatever way he may see fit. Also want to just simply remind our church family that um, we are doing all we can to move perhaps towards having some type of indoor service. Not, nothing has been uh, determined at this point. Of course, first and foremost, we are following. We, are, we choose to follow. Uh, the directors of our governor. You know, I think it's very ironic that there are a lot of Christians who on the one hand say we are supposed to obey those who have authority over us in government, but then when uh, the governor or your local mayor or someone in your town says, well, want to uh, ask you not to gather together or to limit the numbers that you're gathering together inside of a, uh, a church uh, building, People get mad and say, no, we're not going to obey that. Well, that's, that's, there's some hypocrisy there. But keep in mind, church family, this is everybody. The Lord's services and the gathering together is not limited to just being inside of a building. Anytime we can gather together, whether it's outside in a parking lot, in a field, uh, in some other location, whether it's when we gather together on Wednesday nights for our Bible studies and other churches, we know you all do the same, ever how you do it. That's gathering, assembling of ourselves together. So let us know that God is bigger than this building that he's blessed us with. And when we're in like-minded and, and spirit, then we are assembling ourselves together as he asked us to. I want us to now prepare our hearts and minds uh, for the morning prayer. And just before we do that, let me remind us to please continue 
to support the work of Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church and other church ministries. Uh, but Roanoke-Salem now, I'm asking specifically for through your tithes and your offerings. Uh, there are several ways you can continue to give your tithes and offerings. And I want to say, first of all, to our members of Roanoke-Salem, thank you so much. Some of you are so faithful in giving of your tithes and offerings, and we thank you for doing that. Uh, thank all of our members for whatever you give. Thank those of you who are not members of Roanoke-Salem, but you also uh, are led by the Lord to give into this ministry. So we thank you for that as well. Your opportunities to give, first of all, those who live in the local area, you know that you can come by the church Monday, Wednesday, or Fridays between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, and unless the weather's bad or unless the church is closed, there will be somebody here Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. who will receive your offering. The other opportunity you have, if you so choose, is to mail your tithes and your offerings here. Uh, the mailing address is Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Drawer Z. P.O. Drawer Z in Garysburg, North Carolina, 27831. Again, that zip code for Garysburg, North Carolina is 27831. And then there's also the opportunity to give online. Uh, if you will go to our Roanoke Salem homepage, which is rsmbc.com, and you probably are seeing it on your screen there now if you are live streaming. It's rsmbc.com. When you go to that page, when the first page opens up, across the very top, you will see several, um, several tags or, that you can select from. And if you will please, the, several tabs, and if you'll please select the tab that says giving. If you will select that tab that says giving, then a page will open up and you will be instructed as to how you will give, you can give tithes and offerings online. And many of you are doing that, and you're doing it faithfully, and we thank you so much. And now let us uh, go into the morning prayer, and let us uh, seek the Lord's, um, let's petition the Lord and seek his guidance in prayer this morning. We thank you, Lord Jesus, first of all, and we thank you, Father, and we thank you, Holy Spirit that you have loved humanity so much that you created us, all of us, in your own image. And Lord, in spite of the fact that so often we rebel against you, we are in a state, a constant state of rebellion against you. Thank you, Lord, that you never stop loving us. Thank you that you're always quick to forgive us when we ask for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you show us grace and mercy even at times when we haven't asked for it, we, we can't earn it. Nobody has done enough to earn your love, your grace and mercy. We don't deserve it, Lord. Not even those of us who are Christians, but it's because you are a God who loves that you extend to us your unconditional love that will allow us to turn from our sins at any time and to come to you and be received, forgiven by you and accepted back into uh, your kingdom as part of the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, we pray this morning for those who are uh, sick in any way, mind or body. Those who are soul sick, they need to be saved. And it's my prayer, Holy Spirit, that you'll continue to gently whisper in the ears of those who are unsaved, encouraging them to surrender their will to the will of God the Father through their faith in Jesus Christ and have their souls saved. Lord, I want to pray, I want to thank you for all the many blessings you've already given us. You've blessed us with so many different resources and you blessed us with peace and you blessed us with protection and you, you blessed us, Lord, uh, with wisdom and you blessed us, Lord, with your joy. But, but I want to pray specifically this morning for those who are grieving. It's on my heart. It's on my heart to pray for those who are grieving. Whatever the reason, whatever the circumstances, no matter how long it has been since uh, a loved one or close friend has, has left and departed this world. Some are still in heavy grief, Lord, and just can't seem to uh, get any type of, 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 of joy or any type of peace about the loss of someone that they love. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, now to step in and do what only you can do. Lord God, give them the grief, those who are grieving. Comfort them, first of all, Lord. Lord, we all have to accept the fact that death is a part of this journey of life. Death is not the end of life. Death is the beginning of the life to come. And Lord, it's not always easy for us to accept that. But, but that's my first petition, Lord. Comfort those. Give your comfort supernaturally or use people to bring comfort to those who are giving. And then, Lord, give them peace of mind. Whatever those circumstances may have been uh, that our loved one left us, our close friend left us. Lord God, don't let it continue to uh, be something that causes such turmoil in the lives of those who are grieving that they can't sleep at night. You know, Lord God, that they, they lose their appetites. Lord God, that they, they feel so despondent they can't focus enough to, to continue those life responsibilities and duties they may have. Lord God, bring them back into focus by giving them a peace about the situation. Lord, the Bible says that goes beyond only man, man's understanding and only you can give, Lord Jesus. We ask that. Then my third and final petition for those who are grieving, Lord, is to bring them joy. Restore the joy, Lord. The word says, your joy, Lord, is our strength. And Lord, we need joy in our lives. Laughter, uh, being full of, of, of happiness and glee, that's, that's, that's medicine to our souls and to our physical bodies. And Lord, that's medicine that you can give us. So I pray for those who are grieving, Lord, in your own, at your own, in your own time and in your own way, that you will first of all comfort them right now in the name of Jesus. Please bring peace into their lives and Lord Jesus finally restore their joy. And Lord, we ask these things knowing that all of us have an appointed time and day when we will no longer be on this earth. And we pray that for those who we leave behind, Lord God, they'll be prepared to accept our departure and to continue to trust you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We'll have our sermonic selection. I will share the word for this morning and we will continue on.
know it seemed like there is no hope. I know it seemed like the mountains are high and the valley is low. I know it seemed like trouble will never end. But I come to encourage you, says hold on, my friend. There's a breakthrough, there's a breakthrough. your breakthrough. Wherever you are right now, look at your neighbor and tell that neighbor, well, it's coming your way. Somebody out there already got your breakthrough. Somebody been praying for a long time for that breakthrough. Now you gotta claim it. Well, I got it. 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 It's mine. You can't take it. I got it. It's mine. You can't take it. My breakthrough. My healing. My joy. I got it. 
over you. And wherever you are right now, I want you to begin praising the Lord like this. What? A one, two, three. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Tried to take my seat, but they kept playing. So, breakthroughs. God can break through some stuff and create a breakthrough for us sometimes when we least expect. But if we keep our faith, keep our trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus, do our very best, do our very best to live holy, to obey his commandments, we can expect the best from him because he promised that he would. Father, I thank you now for this opportunity to preach and teach your word. Thank you for what you've given me to share today, and I pray that it will positively change somebody's life. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I do pray, amen. This morning, church family and our extended church family, those who are not members of Roanoke-Salem, but you're our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we love you. And for those who may be listening who are not saved, we love you too. I ask you to turn with me to the book of Malachi in the Old Testament. Book of Malachi in the Old Testament, chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 8 through 10. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. I'm going to read from the New International Version, and this is what it says. Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? You rob me in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation, because of your robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I want to talk just for a few moments about a big return on a small investment. A big return on a small investment. 
To give tithes or to not give tithes continues to be one of the most controversial subjects within the body of Christ. We, we are greatly divided because some Christians believe uh, giving tithes only applied to the Jews who lived back during the time of the Old Testament days. And then there are other Christians who believe that God still commands, God still wants us to give tithes in this present day. And, and that includes both Jews and those of us now who are Gentiles. We are not Jews, but we were adopted into the body of Christ. The Lord loved us so much, he brought us into through our faith in Jesus Christ, through being saved by faith through Jesus Christ. If you already know what the tithe is, I ask you to show me grace for just a couple of minutes because I want to explain the tithe for somebody who may not know. In the Vines Expository Dictionary of the Old and New Testament words, a tithe, T-I-T-H-E, a tithe means a tenth part, one-tenth part. In Genesis chapter 14, we find an early example of giving tithes there. There's the story of Abraham, Father Abraham, the father of all of us in that sense. Um, Abraham was coming back from a successful war, and he came across, he crossed the path of a man named Melchizedek, who was God's high priest. That's how the Bible describes Melchizedek. Abraham gave Melchizedek one-tenth. He gave him a tithe. He gave him one-tenth of all of what Abraham, the, the bounty that he got from the folks that he defeated, from the nation and the enemies that he defeated. He gave that tithe, and that included money as well as livestock and some other things. In Genesis chapter 26, God said about Abraham, he said that Abraham had obeyed him. Listen to me carefully now. In Genesis chapter 26, God said that Abraham had obeyed him when he gave that tithe to Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Back then, tithes, like I said, were not just money, but they could be everything. They could be fruits and vegetables and animals and, and land and whatever else people may have, uh, not just limited to money. But for Christians today, for all of us who are Christians today, when we think of tithes, we are largely and mostly thinking about some type of financial gift, money that we pay in church. There are lots of scriptures on whether we should we should or we should not continue to tithe in this present day. There are lots of scriptures that people argue both ways. An Old Testament scripture like Malachi 3, 8 through 10, clearly declares that God commands that his people, and now again, remember, we Gentiles, if we accept Jesus, we are his people. That, that scripture commands that we give tithes. Amen. But at the same time, if you go to the New Testament, and you look at a scripture like Romans chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, that clearly declares that we are no longer under the Old Testament laws of Moses. We're no longer under the Mosaic laws. So then by reason, some would argue we are no longer obligated to pay God a tithe. If you want more, um, more Bible-based data on tithing, I'm going to suggest that you Google the March 2017 edition of a, 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 a book, or actually it's a magazine, it's an online magazine, and it's called 
thegospelcoalition.org. The gospel, it's all one word, small letters, thegospelcoalition.org. Or you can just simply Google these three letters, capital T, capital G, capital C, March 2017. If you just go in Google and put in capital T, G, C, March 2017, you will pull up that edition of the gospelcoalition.org. And, and in that March 2017 edition, there were two highly informative articles about tithing. One man named William Barclay, he wrote a piece stating that God still commands that we tithe in this present day. But in that same article, you will find writings by a man named Thomas Schreiner. And Schreiner says that God does not command that we tithe in the present day. So you've got an article in the March 2017 edition of the gospelcoalition.org or tgc.org. You've got um, a, a great article there where these two Bible scholars are, are defending their positions that, yes, God wants us to continue to tithe the day. No, God doesn't require that. So here's the dilemma for you and I. Knowing that even Bible scholars are divided over giving tithes, how do we decide what we should do? That's, a, that's the question. That's the dilemma some of us may face. Because I know there are people who will tithe very faithfully, and you're going to continue tithing. Amen. There are those of you who don't tithe, per se. You give generously, but you don't tithe, and you feel that you're in the right place. Amen. So, so how do we know what we're supposed to do? Well, for Christians, the answer to all of our problems is always the same thing. We, we pray and ask God what he would have us to do. Now, I know that sounds very simplistic. That may even sound too simple for some of us, but it is the right answer. We, as Christians, anytime we have any confusion, we pray ourselves. We go to God ourselves in prayer and ask him what he would have us to do. And I know that's the right thing because... In Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, the word of God tells us, uh, Paul wrote, he said that, Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Take your questions, take your concerns to God. And it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts through Christ Jesus. So if you are tithing, continue tithing. If you're giving generously, continue giving generously. But if you're not tithing and you want to know whether or not you should be tithing, go to God in prayer and ask him what he would have you to do. If you've not made up your mind on whether or not to tithe, uh, go to God, like I said, and he'll tell us what to do. But remember this, even if you decide that you don't want to tithe, Always remember that we must always give God something. Amen. We must always give God something. I'm talking, and now I am speaking financially. We must always give him something. And there's no debate about that. In Malachi 3, chapter 8, again, God asks for tithes and offerings. An offering is a gift to God that's separate from the tithes. 
Now, now let me prove to you that God expects us to freely and willingly return some portion of our monetary resources back to him. And by the way, uh, those of us who know the real deal, it ain't our money, no way. It's his money that he's provided for us to use as we will. So we're only really just giving him back what belongs to him anyway. But, but let me prove to you that God does expect us to give something back to him. In Malachi 3, chapter 10, I'm excuse me, Malachi 3, chapter 3, verse 10, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, in the, what I'm going to call the A part of it, God tells the Jews, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat or food resources. That means that's talking about resources in my house. Now, I think that's pretty clear. And then in the New Testament, Jesus proves we are expected to give some monetary gifts back to God. Now, so the Old Testament, Malachi 3. Look at in St. Mark in the New Testament, St. Mark chapter 12, verses 40 and 41. Now, this is Jesus and his disciples. They were in a temple one day. They were there during a worship service. And Jesus and the disciples were standing back. They were kind of standing off. And this is what they were doing. They were watching to see people put money in the offering box. Amen. So now you got it from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus himself. Jesus goes to a church with his disciples. They're in a worship service. And at some point during that service, it was time to give. And Jesus and the disciples were standing there watching people come by and put monetary gifts in an offering box. So there was an expectation, and there is an expectation, that we give something monetarily back to God. Amen. I want you to remember that. Matter of fact, if you continue to read that particular story in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44, Jesus gives praise to a widow woman because even though she gave less money than anybody else, Jesus said she gave the most of all. Why? Because she gave willingly. She willingly gave all that she had to give. The Old and New Testament teach us, the Old and New Testaments teach us that God expects us to give him an offering when we are part of a worship service. And of course, again, even if you're not gathering in church, you still have opportunities to, to give back to God. Each of us has to decide if we will give a tithe or not. But let me just talk for a few minutes about me. I give God a tithe and I give God an offering and I encourage you to do the same. I can't tell you what to do. I'm not trying to coerce you into doing it. I'm not saying you're wrong if you don't do it. I can't say that because I've just shared with you that there are opposing opinions on both sides. But I want you to know that as a member of this church family for over 30 years and under the teaching of my beloved former pastor, Reverend Dr. Robert Earl Sessoms, I have come to believe and I have come to put into practice uh, tithing. And I know that tithing works. And so I give a tithe and offering and I would encourage others to consider to do the same. I, I willingly and freely give God a tithe because it proves that I trust him. I give God a tithe. Yes, I'm commanded. If I want to use Malachi 3, 
as my foundation reason, my foundational reason. That's part of it. It is a command. But I'm going to say to you above that and beyond that, I give to God a tithe because it proves that I trust him. I want you now to look at the B part of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Look at the B part of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. The B part says, and this is God talking directly to you and me. He says, test me. Now, he's asked us in the A part to bring the tithes into his storehouse, right? In the B part, he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the door, throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. When God says, test me, he's saying to us, hold me to my word. Make me prove to you that I will do what I say I'm going to do. In other words, God is giving us permission to make him prove that he's not a liar. Amen. And I'm a living witness, and many of you are too. God is not a liar. It's been more than 25 years since I made up my mind to tithe and trust God. I quickly realized that I was getting a big return on a small investment. Because you think about it, if God blesses you uh, with a a dollar and all you got to give him back is 10 cents, that's a big return on a small investment. 90% is way bigger than 10%. I'm, I'm proud to say that God always keeps his word. And it it wasn't easy for me at first. I admit that. I'm not saying I just made up my mind one Sunday and every Sunday after that, I always gave a tithe. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't easy. And there were times I had my doubts and my fears, but I decided that I would start being obedient. And God has always kept his word. God has made sure that I've always had enough money to pay my bills and meet my needs. And then I started to have a little more money left over after I paid my bills, after I met whatever needs I had as far as my family and food and those kinds of things. I had a little more money left over. And and, and then after a while, I realized that I had stopped living from paycheck to paycheck. Why? Because I was trusting God through tithing. And if you will trust God with his money, he will bless your finances, too. Amen. If you will trust God with his money, he'll bless your finances too. Not only that, but because I was tithing, God opened doors for me to get higher paying jobs over these last 25, 30 years. And every time I got a raise, I increased the amount that I gave back to God. When God blessed me to have $100 to spend, I gave him back 10 That's one-tenth part of that $100. When God blessed me to have $1,000 to spend, I gave him back $100 or more. To this day, I trust God, and I still give him a tithe. And God still does what he promised in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I get a big return on a small investment. And I'm going to share three reasons with you, I believe, We should give tithes and offering to God, and then I'm finished. I've already told you reason number one. Giving tithes and offerings proves that we trust God. That's reason number one. Giving tithes and offerings proves that we trust God. I've already read. uh, if, If you look at Malachi 
And uh, let me go there very quickly. If you look at the book of Malachi and you go to chapter um, 3 in Malachi, and then if you go to chapter 3 and go to verse number 11, Malachi 3 and 11, look at what it says. Malachi 3 and 11 says this. It says, uh, I will prove, I will prove. Now, this, now this, is, this is what happens when um, God is working with us and we're getting a, a big return on our small investment. Uh, and Malachi, well, let me, let me, well let, me, let me get back, step back and just say that in, before we go to Malachi 3, 11, I want you to think, go to Numbers 23 and 19. Go to Numbers 23 and 19 first. And this is about reason number one. Tithes and offerings prove that we trust God. Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He, has he said and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not make it good? If we trust God, God will make Malachi 3.10 real in our lives. And it's not just money. Let me tell you that. It's not just money. God blesses us in so many ways, and he gives us a big return in so many different ways. I, I just heard a story from one of the associate ministers. One of my sisters in Christ was telling me uh, earlier about the fact that she had a full-time job, and she still does her full-time job, but she also had a part-time job that she loved to do. But a point came where she gave up her part-time job. And she said she wasn't looking to get another part-time job because she said God had blessed her well enough that she had enough, she has more than enough income to meet her needs and take care of her, her obligations. And she said, but out of the blue here recently, God has opened a door of opportunity that she wasn't even expecting. And now she has the opportunity to get another part-time job that pays her even way more money than the one she had before. And she was really satisfied with the pay she got there. So I'm telling you, God will open up the floodgate and pour out so much that you won't have room for it. Here's reason number two. Supernatural protection is a benefit of tithes and offering. Supernatural protection is a benefit of giving tithes and offering. Now I want you to go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 11. This is what it says. God is talking. He says, I will prevent pest in the King, in, uh, King James, I think it says the, the devourer. But he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop, in their, drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord. In other words, the Lord is saying, I'm going to hold back all those things that you can't see where it may be people, it could be circumstances, it could be demonic forces because the, the, the devil is still trying to get you at all times. God keeps that hedge of protection around us, but the devil's trying to get to us to make us renounce our faith in Jesus Christ. But the Lord says, I'm going to protect you from anything that will bring you harm because of the fact that you're being obedient to me by trusting me, by giving me tithes and offerings. That's Malachi chapter 3, verse 11. I want you to know that um, when we give tithes and offerings, don't get it twisted. We're not paying God. This is not an extortion racket where God is saying, 
you better give me some money or else I'm going to let something happen to you. That's not what this is at all. God is simply rewarding us for daring to trust him. God is rewarding us for daring to be obedient to what he's asked us to do, even though it may not make any sense to us. And he understands that, too. But but when he gives us that big return on our small investment, he's rewarding us for being obedient and daring to trust him. Remember this. We don't have to trust God. Amen. You don't have to give God anything at all if you don't want to. God allows us free will to choose and to believe his word or not. We can freely choose to trust and obey him, but there are benefits and rewards for trusting and obeying him. And those are the troubles and suffering. And those who don't trust him, obey him, there's suffering and trouble that's going to come your way. Amen. If you choose not to trust him and not to obey him, saved or unsaved, There's suffering and trouble that's coming your way. Jesus told us in this world there will be trouble, but that's a choice that we make. We can have it or we can prevent it or we can certainly decrease it by being willing to trust the Lord and obey him. Here's the third and final reason I believe we should give tithes. Supernatural favor is a benefit of tithes and offerings. Supernatural favor is is a benefit of tithes and offerings. Let's look at Malachi chapter 3, verse number 12. This is still God talking. He says to those who will trust him and give tithes and offerings, he says, then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Amen. God's favor is more than money. When God is on your side, he will do things for you that no human being is able to do. And and here's the other part of it. Not only will God do things that no human being can do, no human being can block any blessing that God wants to give you. No human being, the devil in hell can't stop God from blessing you and showing you favor any way he wants to. Favor is when God does that stuff that we don't expect. When, When you're riding down the highway and tire goes flat and um, you don't have the right uh, jack in your car. Maybe you forgot to put it in there. Maybe you took it out sometime, gave it to somebody else, lend it. And, and somebody comes along within just a short period of time. Look, not only is that person willing to lend you the jack to, to, to change your tire, that person will get out and change the tire for you. Maybe you run out of gas. That person will take you to the nearest gas station. It might be four or five miles down the road. Get the gas, bring you back, get the gas in their gas can because you don't have one. Bring you back to your car, put the gas in your car and won't charge you a dime. Favor is when God lets you get a promotion that you know that you were not qualified to earn. Not that you weren't good enough to do the job, but you didn't have what, what what the management says was the right credentials. But God lets you have that job anyway. He gives you that promotion anyway. Favor is when God brings people into your life who have great influence in some way or area that is helpful to you. And they bless you by connecting you to the right people or they use their influence to help you in some way. People you didn't set out to meet. You weren't politicking or trying to smooth up to anybody. You were just being who you are in Christ. And God decided, I'm going to bless my daughter today. I'm going to make this person know who she is. I'm going to make this person come to her 
and do whatever she can do, whatever I ask them to do, to bless my daughter's life, to bless my son's life. That's God's favor, and we get God's favor. Supernatural favor is another benefit of tithes and offering. Amen. When we trust the Lord by doing, giving him tithes and offerings, we get a big return on a small investment. And I want to say to those who are unsaved as I close, the best investment you will ever make in your life is giving your life to Jesus Christ. When you trust Jesus enough to submit to his will, you will quickly begin to get a big return on your investment. Why? Because the Lord is going to begin to turn things around in your life in a way that will just blow your mind. And it's not only the life you live now in this present age, it's also in the life to come. Remember, when we take our last breaths on this side of eternity, life is not over. We're just stepping into the other side of eternity where we will live forever. And the Lord will be right there with you. And the best is yet to come. So I encourage you today. Think about it. Pray about it. I can speak for myself, and I know there are hundreds and thousands of others who will tell you the same. I believe in tithing. I trust the Lord. I don't do it out of a sense of feeling that God is going to punish me for not tithing. I do it out of a sense of loving God and freely wanting to be obedient. And when you give, and remember now, whether you tithe or not, God always expects us to give him something in return when we come to his house of worship, when we have worship services, unless they tell you not to. He expects that. But trust the Lord. Prove him. Test him. Start tithing and offering. Give offerings beyond the tithe. And watch the Lord open up the floodgates of heaven. And you'll see, quickly see you're going to get a big, a big return on a small investment, both in the natural and in the supernatural realm. And you'll be so happy and you'll be so blessed that you did. For those who are not saved and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, if the Holy Spirit is urging you now to give your life, please, this is the moment. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't hesitate. Just simply close your eyes and drop your head and repeat this prayer, this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you to now be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you are now saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Heaven will be your home, but not only that, you are now eligible to receive all the promises of God found throughout the Bible for those of us who are still living right now in this, in this side of eternity, in this human body, every promise of God now is available to you because you've given your life to Jesus Christ. And there are some things God's going to do for you beyond what you can expect or ask for. And he's going to do it because he loves us just that much. I'm going to ask um, the musicians, I'm going to give the benediction, and then we'll close right out. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest ruin about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Let the church sing.